Our next gospel reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 27, actually to 32. That's a misprint on my fault. Sorry about that. But found on page 1095 of your Red Pew Bible, I would encourage you to turn in your Red Pew Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verses 27 to 32, page 1095, so that you might follow along as I read and preach God's word. But before I read and preach God's word, let's call upon his Holy Spirit again to guide us in the reading and hearing and preaching of his holy word. Please join me as we pray. Breath of heaven, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you inspired Luke to put pen to paper that we might have your written word today, an orderly account of the life, the teachings, and the acts of Jesus. God, we pray that as we read this text this morning that you might speak afresh and anew to us, that we might hear from you, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts might be acceptable in your holy sight. Through your son's precious name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse 27. Listen to God's word. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And Jesus said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, Levi rose and followed him. Levi made him a great feast in his house, and there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Here ends the reading of God's word. As the prophet Isaiah tells us, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Looking again at verse 27. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And Jesus said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, He, Levi, rose and followed him. Isn't that amazing? Levi left everything to follow Jesus. Levi, who who was very comfortable and secure in a government job, left everything to follow Jesus. Levi, who had profited quite handsomely from this secure government job, left that, left everything to follow Jesus. Why does Levi leave everything to follow Jesus? I mean, in the first century, the Roman government held all kinds of taxes. There were poll taxes, uh, there were merchandise taxes, there were property taxes, and, and well, Levi was, like many tax collectors, quite wealthy because in the first century, it was very common for a tax collector to charge a little more than what the Roman government required so that he might pocket that extra for himself. And we can see that after Levi decides to follow Jesus, he has a, a party, a large party, in his large home with all of his friends who gather together. The only way that he could finance such a feast is if Well, if Levi, like most tax collectors, had become quite wealthy from his tax collecting, why would Levi leave such a profitable, secure government job to follow Jesus? Of course, the other part of being a tax collector in the first century is the fact that, well, tax collectors were despised by other Jews. 
Because of their collaboration with the pagan Roman government, they were often ostracized and rejected. In fact, they were not allowed to come into the synagogue. And so for Levi, it was probably quite the compliment that Jesus would ask him to follow him. I I mean, Levi doesn't have a a lot of friends. The truth is, if you read the text, it says that he, he invited other tax collectors because that's all the friends that tax collectors had were other tax collectors because tax collectors were despised. They were viewed as traitors and social pariahs and outcasts by faithful Jews. No faithful Jew would want to spend time with a tax collector because they had, well, they were working for the pagan Roman government. Because of that connection, they were rejected by other Jews. But Jesus invites Levi, the tax collector, to follow him. And so it was an honor that Jesus, this great preacher, this great miracle worker, would invite Levi to follow him. It reminds me when I was in college, uh, my fall of, of freshman year at Trinity University, they have spring rush. And so many of the fraternities on campus began to invite me to their dances and to their parties. And well, I wasn't really wanting to join a fraternity, but it was an honor to be invited. There's, there's a blessing and a great power in an invitation. I know Levi was certainly blessed by this invitation. After all, Jesus has become quite popular. If you read Luke 4 and 5, you can see that, well, Jesus has launched his ministry. He's been preaching with great power in the synagogues and healing people of every disease who comes to him. He's healed a leper. He's allowed a lame man to walk. He's even pronounced the forgiveness of sins. Yes, Jesus is growing in great popularity. And here this popular Jesus invites Levi to follow him. The question isn't, why did Levi leave everything to follow Jesus? Levi was honored by the invitation. The bigger question is, why would Jesus invite Levi, a tax collector, to follow him? I mean, if you're trying to build a religious movement in the first century, the last person you would want to invite was a tax collector, right? I mean, we don't even like tax collectors today. They certainly didn't like them back then because they worked for the occupying Roman government. They worked for a a pagan government, and they were known to be corrupt, collecting more taxes than was needed, lining their own pockets with the money of other faithful Jews. They were rejected by the society, by the religious elite, like the Pharisees. In fact, the Hebrew word root for Pharisees means separatists. The Pharisees taught that you needed to separate yourselves from sinners like tax collectors. You didn't want to share table fellowship with sinners like tax collectors. And that's why the Pharisees asked of Jesus' disciples in verse 30 of our text. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled at his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus, if you're a holy man of God, you would know better than to spend time with these tax collectors and sinners. After all, bad company corrupts good character. You don't want to spend time with these tax collectors. What did Jesus see in Levi, the tax collector? Why did Jesus invite Levi, the tax collector, of all people, to follow him, to join his band of brothers? Listen to Jesus' response to the Pharisees' question. And Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. When Jesus looked at Levi, he saw a sinner who needed a savior. And we know from the words of Jesus that we find in John three sixteen to 17 that Jesus came to this earth not to condemn sinners, but rather to save them. For Jesus explains to Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have ever, 
everlasting or eternal life. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's the good news of the Christmas story, isn't it? God does not abandon us in our sin. No, God in his great love for us chooses to become one of us by sending his son born of a virgin in a manger who came up and grew up among us and taught us and healed us and lived in perfect obedience to our heavenly father, showing us how to live and and how to love others and ultimately demonstrated his great love for all of us that while we were still sinners, rebellious people, Jesus died on a cross as the perfect sacrifice for all of our sins so that our sins might be atoned for once and for all. You know, today, if you ever break a traffic law, like perhaps maybe you drive through a red light and they take a picture of the back of your car, at least I hear that's what happens. I don't know if that's actually happened. No, I'm I'm lying. I've gotten my photo taken a few times. I'm pretty sure someone else was driving my car at that moment. I wouldn't run around late, would I? But... Although I think yellow means go faster, you might make it. So I have these bad driving habits from my days in Houston and Dallas. But when you take the picture, I owe a fine. It's $75, and someone's got to pay that fine. So it is with us. Our sin, the wage of our sin is, is death. Our sin has a payment, a fee that's assigned to it. And perfect justice requires that that fee be paid. Well, Jesus, in his great love for us, has paid the fee, paid the price for our sins. He's experienced death in all its darkness, separation from God so that we wouldn't have to. Because remember when Jesus is hanging on the cross, he, he quotes Psalm, 20 says in Psalm 22 and says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Separated from our heavenly father, he experienced death in all its darkness so that we wouldn't have to. And on the third day, Jesus rose again, conquering both sin and death on our behalf so that we might know with full assurance that, that, we, that death doesn't have the final say for us, that because Jesus has conquered the grave, we too shall live, that, that Jesus is who he said he was, the Son of God, the great I am, the Savior of the world. Amen? Yes, Jesus, as our Savior, sees Levi, a sinner who needs a Savior. And so he invites him to follow him. But Jesus also sees something else in Levi. He sees not only a sinner, but he sees a great evangelist. Because church history tells us that this Levi, better known as Matthew, is the author of the first gospel in the New Testament. And we can see from our text that after Matthew come, makes the decision to follow Jesus, he, well, he has a party. He invites his tax-collecting friends to meet this man, this Savior, who's come to save us all. Matthew uses all of his resources, his home, his food, his time, his relationships to help point others, to help introduce others to Jesus, the Savior, who's come to save us all. What are we doing this Christmas season to invite others to meet Jesus, our Savior? Maybe we should do what Matthew did and have a party. Now, this time of year, it's not uncommon to have a, a Christmas party, or if you want to be PC, you can call it a holiday party or whatever, and invite your friends, your coworkers, your classmates, your neighbors, your family members to, to, to your home to, to spend time in, in fellowship and, and celebrating the last year. Or maybe if a Christmas party seems too religious, well, we're in the middle of college football season. Of course, the playoffs just happened. Uh, sorry for all those Oklahoma State Cowboys, but congratulations to the Baylor Bears. 
uh, sorry for those Georgia Bulldogs, but congratulations to Amarillo Crimson Tide. There's a lot of great football games being played. If you like to watch footballs, and, and your friends do as well, invite them over to your house to watch college football, or, or maybe the NFL, or, or maybe basketball. Whatever you like to do, invite your friends to join you in that, in your home. And as you spend time together in fellowship, get to know them. Learn what is their story. Where did they grow up? How did they meet their spouse if they are married? Where did they go to school? What are their interests? And as you get to know their story, well, the natural social response is for them to get to know your story by asking you questions about where did you grow up and and how did you meet your spouse and what do you like to do? And as you share your story, we have to point to Jesus, who is a big part of all of our story. We can tell them about about Jesus and about his church and, and about, hey, you can come join us every Sunday at our joyful celebration of God's amazing love. In fact, we've given you invitation cards that you can find in the narthex and at the welcome desk that we would encourage you to give to a friend or a classmate or a coworker to invite them to join us in the celebration just as Matthew did after making the decision to follow Jesus. Honored by this incredible invitation, he invited all his friends to join him on the journey. Yes, there's power and there's a blessing in invitation. Who will you invite to join us this Christmas season? Please join me as you pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the example that Matthew gives to all of us as someone who responded to the invitation of Jesus and said, yes, I'll follow you. And then he invited his friends, his coworkers, his colleagues to join him as well in getting to know this man named Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that when you looked at Levi, You saw a sinner who needed a savior. And we know, Lord, that as you look at us, you see the same sinners who need a savior. We thank you, Lord, for your unconditional sacrificial love that we find in Jesus. And we thank you for the invitation that you've given to all of us to go and make disciples of all nations, to invite others to join us in the journey. Oh God, by your Holy Spirit, guide us and help us to be bold in our invitation, inviting others to join us this Christmas season in following you. We pray this in the strong and precious name of your Son, who is the Christ. And all God's people said, Amen.